morning morning this is mind fuel today we've got a few storytellers in the building i've got chet morning everyone how you doing yes we're good we're good and the man himself the guest come on major did he are in the house yeah glad to be here mind fuel thanks yeah guys. You've, you've got a smile on your face what, what's what's been happening this week man can you, man, can you update this a little bit it's been a big week for myself and many of us around me uh major straight the ep just dropped so if you want to check it out on spotify apple or digital platforms yeah it's about empowering inspiring you know people to yeah. encourage them to unlock their potential to be themselves because i've had to go through that journey myself yeah. so for you to even hear my, my tracks on the platform like that is yeah. me making that step so i'd encourage everyone to listen to it and unlock your potential that's right yeah He's doing it for the culture come on <laughs> yeah so yeah i guess you're wondering what do why do we have major on and why do we have chat on and myself today mm. we've got a an important topic to talk about i mean this could be archived for to be listened to five years from time where people will be listening like oh this guy was talking about such an issue in the midst of something that the world has never never faced which is obviously the coronavirus oh, but man. in spite of that we're gonna still speak positivity we're gonna still yeah. speak inspiring words because right now people are listening to so many negative voices and because of that they're making silly choices right mm. so we were, we're gonna talk about chapters every person's life is like a book think about that you got the first chapter when you were born that's like yeah you know the little context your name and everything else is a blank canvas and when you're born the pages that's getting written your parents the things that they say to you the words of affirmation love that actually helps form the person and the rest of the chapter we might not know the end of each book or how it ends but how you start is quite important but the middle of the book determines how it ends so i'm going to talk about the first chapters when you're born what do you think about the first chapter when you were born chen what kind of world was it when you were born <laughs> that was a long, <laughs> that was a long time ago <laughs> um i was born 1979 so yeah um i was born in highfields it's quite a deprived working class area most of the people around us were just surviving. Yeah. Very limited opportunities and the only hope was getting education. So I got brought up in a world where the only hope to get out of poverty was to educate yourself. Yeah. And obviously our parents struggled with the limited language, limited opportunities, obviously a high level of racism. It was a different world back in the 80s, you know. Yeah. No internet. <laughs> four channels on TV. Yes, and you're um, happy with that. Very limited exposure. <laughs> yeah, it was, but but you have to remember that's all you know. Yeah. So you got to when you rewind the chapters, it's a bit like what is the world currently at? So yeah. that was the reality. No one ever said, no one questioned why is there no more channels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one put you in the corner and said, yeah. how come you don't have Skype? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have five channels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We had to walk to the, the shops and get a bottle of milk in a glass bottle and wow. return it. That was the situation. Wow. You like, know, what did you used to call them? Pints. Pints of milk, yeah. <laughs> like it's a fun minute. And, and then we used to go to the news agents and get cassettes that we watch movies on. Wow. You know, and then we had to return them in 24 hours and um, we had no delivery, so therefore you had to walk everywhere. I used to play cricket and football on the streets and it was great because there was no cars. You know, there was one car on my street. 
in the 1980s. I still remember the rich guy up the road of one car on my street. Wow. Probably owns what? 100 houses on my street. Yeah. One car. That's mad. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So everyone walked, and that was an accepted way to to connect. Also, everyone's back doors were open. So usually yeah, when, safe when yeah, when usually when we were kids, we used to yeah. go to other people's houses, and you just go through the back, the back door, and he was there, and the mother would be there. Most days I never at home I at other people's houses because that was all about community and connection. Wow. And there was no fear of anyone robbing each other because we all knew each other. Oh, Why God. would you rob from someone? Or predators or anything like that. Yeah. Because everyone looked out for each other. Yeah. So it was focused on inclusion, just everyone together. So what's the difference between on that aspect between then and now when you look at the communities and how they uh, interact with each other? Mm, I think the fear has been self-created. So for me, if you look at yeah. statistics of anything regarding uh, suicide or rape, or mm. it used to happen in our time, you know, gang violence. Yeah. You know, we used to rob car stereos. We used to rob cars. Joyriding used to happen. Yeah. We had we had other things. Yeah. You know, I saw a lot of fights in town and stabbings, but they were never in the news. Yeah. Right. So obviously, trouble was back in the eighties. But and then 90s. it was never glorified. Exactly. So the media now it amplifies anything. So right mm. now. Things did happen. Yeah. I think it was more violent in the 80s and 90s yeah. than now, but it's a question of how it was publicized. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Dwayne, yes. you said there, young blood. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what can you tell us about your chapter, that first two chapters of your upbringing, you, the lens of how you grew up to where you are now, to releasing an EP, the little milestone you had to climb up. In that yeah. chapter. I won't lie, it's a lot to say, but yeah. I, I will try and summarize it. It's it's been a humbling experience from okay. growing up in Zimbabwe, uh, where I didn't grow up with my parents, so I was raised by the external side of my family. Yeah. So my my uh, parents were already here ten years prior to my arrival. Wow. So from five to fifteen, there's a ten year gap there, so I didn't have that connection with my parents necessarily. Yeah. So when I joined them. It was after experiences in Zimbabwe on a very, very old time low. Yeah. The, uh, the economy basically didn't exist. Yeah. Struggled for water, electricity would be out for like two weeks. Trust We'd me. have to wake up at 6 a.m., go get like 100 liters of, of water from the borehole, the wells that yeah. they dug around for us to have access. Yeah. So you have school at 7 30, but you're having to wake up at 6 to go get the water, come in. To, to shower, be able to up, go to school. Yeah, yeah, have a shower, go to school. Same thing. But you get used to it because yeah. of what's there in it. Like yeah. you're not thinking, ah, oh, why can't I be like the next person with a tap? Because everyone's facing the same, the same problem. Thing. So you're not thinking any different. It's only when. I uh, obviously, by the grace, uh, grace of God, he got us the visa and the ticket to come join our parents, me and my little sister. So that was nearly 10 years ago. So yeah. when we moved here, like our eyes were just widened. Like we could just see a whole like different yeah, side like of life. electricity that <laughs> yeah, goes like, off, water yeah, that never like, tends off. I, I literally opened the tap and I let it run for as long as I can. Like, no, I ain't gonna watch this bill. So yeah, yeah. So that that even adapting to a new culture. Like I mean, my English was pretty good because yeah. they teach English in yeah. Africa and everywhere else in the world. FYI, okay. um, they don't, but, they don't yeah. speak African. They don't speak African. I don't know what that is. You know? But yeah, um, maybe some people speak, speak European. <laughs> I'm just joking. But... No, yeah. Um, we, oh, we speak English very well. Um, and so I didn't really stay in secondary. I went straight into Lancaster Boys. Okay. Uh, uh, a few people might know about that one. Yeah. So 
I stayed there for like three months, had to do five GCSEs in two months, I think, two, three months. Wow. So I had to completely learn what the year 10s and 11s learnt in two years in two months. Wow. So, and yeah. So it was it was quite interesting, but yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed that challenge. I kind yeah. of was into school when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, moved on to college, Gateway College, uh, where I then bumped into you, mate. Whoa. Uh, back in the day when KJ used to have his uh, double helix haircuts. You remember that, yeah? No. <laughs> yeah, you remember on, that. Let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, that was a nice experience as well, being in college, like. Yeah. Uh, being on my own just making myself new friends and yeah it was around the same time I started going to church as well yeah. that broadened my community uh, I started working in Starbucks around 17 18 as well yeah. so yeah like that whole experience of moving settling down and then just finding myself it's been a journey man yeah it's been a journey so I moved on to university uh, you know, my parents really pushed me to go into the medical field. Oh. That wasn't really my passion. So proud of you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not really my passion. I wanted to play football or become a WWE wrestler. Wow. Believe it or not. Oh, wow. You know I mean? oh, oh, I was going <laughs> to be. Jake, <laughs> can you believe him as a wrestler? Listen. Really? You would have been a small wrestler. I would have been a world champion. Well, well, you're <laughs> like, like, Rey Mysterio as a mentor. Do you yeah? know what? I, I haven't really got that far. I was going to go for trials and I was like, you know what? <laughs> so yeah, I went to university, studied biomedical science. Uh, wasn't really the greatest of times for me personally because I knew I wasn't where I was supposed to be at the time. Yeah. But there certain decisions I had to make to help my family as well. Yeah. Um, and also have a backup plan, so to say, because you know academically it's good to have education on your of side. Of course. Of course. But you know, during that period, I really fell in love with music, and yeah. then, you know, it's it's been an interesting journey. I feel like uh, it's been an astronomical rise from the first day I wrote my first song to today. Yeah, and I want to share that journey with the world because it's been so introspective. Yeah, and I want to share my journey and everyone to see the struggle that it is real, but you can overcome and, and create a new chapter in your story. Wow, wow, wow. yeah. I mean, a lot to absorb, a, 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 lo- a lot to absorb, <laughs> Chad. That's a great story. It is. You know, it's great for young people to really share that journey, and it's okay if things don't work out. You know. My journey at university wasn't very eventful. It was, it, was, really? it, was, it was the best city, but the wrong course, you know? I did it for three years and I hated every lecture and every seminar, but guess what? Same thing as well. I did it for my parents and it was the right journey. Yeah. But I just had the confidence to say, wait a minute, I could do another course. You know, I wish I did psychology or sociology or marketing, yeah. just another course. I would have still gone uni, but yeah. I just didn't know my passion or purpose. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was the fear. And obviously, um, having the grant system, we got we got paid money to go university. In theory, yeah. me and my friends, if the government didn't fund us, we wouldn't have gone university. What? That's an incentive. You yeah. guys are giving incentives. Yeah, I would have yeah. went every and week. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. week. So it was a different world, and it we were the last. Labor, so in theory. Um, we couldn't drop out of university yeah. because if, if we dropped out, we had to pay for it and none of us could afford oh, it. So it was a different okay. So we were almost so, so had to stick with the so course, yeah. So well. that's why there was a, a high rate of passing yeah. back in the day. So in theory, I think uh, in my year, no one dropped out of uni. It was 100% pass rate. Everyone got right. a grade because it was like, this is the way we got gone to university to study. Mm. Government are paying for us. So you better finish. And everyone passed. Nobody dropped out. Whereas right now, people are dropping out because they might not adapt to the city yeah. or the environment or mm. made no friends. Mm. There's easy wins, but at the end of the day, I will never regret university. It was a building, uh, building block 
uh, for me. Yeah. Staying away from Leicester, lived in Leeds for three years, made some phenomenal friends oh, and experienced different things. Yeah. So guess what? I'm with Major here. Sometimes you shouldn't have regrets. It mm. just makes you grow and empowers you, and it's about updating. Of course. And it's, I wouldn't say it's a bad chapter of my life, but it's actually probably the best chapter of my life because it's uh, something I don't want to do. I do not want to be an accountant. Mm. You know, I, I worked for two years in accountant and I hated every minute of that as well. <laughs> so I've got five years of doing something I really didn't enjoy. When I look back at it, yeah. why did I do it? But guess what? Now I definitely know what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. So. I just want to share something. If someone's having pain, you know, one year, two years, I did it for five years. I look back at it. Man. But you feel empowered now, don't you? Yeah, because now, you know, because like, guess what? You actually were able to change. There some go. people right now listening to this thing will clearly hate whatever they're doing, but then they don't have the courage, the boldness to actually change because mm. it actually takes courage to actually say, hold it's on. going against the tide, man. It, this yeah. is not who I am. And I think this is who I am. I need to change. So what, how do we support people and create more courage? I think by being honest by themselves, first and foremost, yeah. um, and just practicing courage, it's not a thing that you just wake up and you have it. You actually have to make certain actions yeah. and affirm that So action. baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Make Maybe if it's a thing of like me, right now the, the virus is, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things going in my head, but I love me. And, and that's one of maybe potential ways it could transmit or whatever, yeah. but it's like me making that simple step of like changing from the meat diet to more veggie more yeah sanitization oh, not that i'm not clean but yeah. i'm just saying like more <laughs> conscious effort just conscious effort like it's, yeah. it's scary but it's like you gotta do it and it's not comfortable yeah. but once you do it you'll become a habit and you'll just it'll be part, become part of you so what do you need first courage or confidence i think they go in hand i think they're intended that is interesting yeah that's an interesting one. because i think i think i think courage doesn't necessarily mean absence of fear and bold. Yes, that's true. So, that's so, very, so very what, true. what makes you bold and courageous? Because normally those two things go together. Is the fact that there's there is fear in that situation, but, but you, you but take fear it is then. good. Then that means you're growing. Yes, that's yeah. not growth. Yes. It's fear. Mm-hmm. There is fear in everyone. Every day, everyone has to say no to fear. Yeah, we are all driven by fear to some degree. Yeah, but you have a choice to say, I will not make decisions based on fear today. So hence, I'll have a clear mind and I'll do what I have to do. Yeah, but you gotta have confidence in it. You gotta like, it's not so much confidence in in you and what you can do. It's yeah. more of like the confidence to have the courage to do something. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's it. So. So yeah. I think, and I think these conversations are necessary for everyone. This is not like generation specific, it's for everyone because mm. everyone is faced with this thing. Whether you're a dad, you're a granddad, you're a mom, you're you're all these hats actually. You can be everything that we just mentioned here. You still have to make decisions and you still have to go against the grain. Mm. And, and that pe- is life. And I think people are very comfortable. Yeah. So you need to remember you can't train to be, you know, yeah. I was a kid born and I didn't train to be a father yeah. or train to be a son or train to be a business owner. You just have to do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like being, a, I'm a father. I just became a father. I had some kids. Yeah. I don't know what a good father is. Yeah. I had role models as my father but, and there's other fathers that could, I can watch movies and see what yeah, sort of yeah. behaviors they are. But still, <laughs> this is 2020 and it's a different world. Mm. And that's where people have to fear. And guess what? It's about communicating and talking. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and a lot of people say to me, young people don't have resilience. So, 
Why is that in this world? Okay, so I, I would say resilience, mainly lack of resilience in the young generations, including myself and Dwayne, will be mainly because of over overwatering, being spoiled. Mm. We, we're spoiled rotten, to be honest. That if that's the, if that's the truth, as someone said, you guys are like snowflakes. <laughs> and I was oh like, I know, I didn't know whether to be offended or be like, okay, sir, I'm a snowflake. But basically, he was just trying to say a little bit of pressure, and that's all there is to you. You you break down, you start crying. But you're just saying we need to learn to go against the grain. So how do you turn a snowflake into an ice, a solid piece of ice? But do you know that this is what I was gonna say? Because yeah. me, I think you're you're a great dad, isn't it? Because I've seen how you navigate around your daughters and stuff. Yeah. And like I always get onto him for certain things. I'm like, yo, you didn't have to do that. He's like, nah, nah. She needs to know that the world is harsh. Yeah. But this is how you gotta like earn your way up. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's always gonna be there, kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's great because. That's parenting. He doesn't have a manual, but yeah. he's chose that path because it's more beneficial yeah. for his daughters than himself yeah. to do that. So yeah. it's like, I think the parents having the courage to kind of correct their correct, kids. let them go, experience and trust that they will run back to you should they. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's that's one thing I feel like would help the resilience thing. So so I've been told I've I've I've, I've asked a few olders about this 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 question. Mm. When I got married, I asked my mom. I said, "What was the hardest part?" And she said, "Probably letting you go and watching you letting you go and watching you grow up on your own. Even though I know I can help out by saying my son is a man." Because to her, you're always a baby. Yeah, but then for her to say, "Okay, he has to now be his own man, his own household kind of thing." And, I, and, and when I talk to most people, they're saying the part of letting go and completely trusting that all the parenting, all the things you've poured in will be enough to settle a firm foundation that they'll grow up and do great things. Can I ask you a question, Chet, actually? Since, since you have now applied that process, obviously, um, how, how did your mindset change for you before you were a father and when you became a father? Because something must have changed mentally or something i don't know because people always tell me you will never experience real love until we have your own children mm. like so i always wonder okay that first thing i disagree with that you should love yourself you should experience love by loving yourself and okay. it took me probably 40 years <laughs> to feel that moment so when you're young you don't yeah. feel that yeah. you know you almost you're striving for love you behave in a certain way because you want the love you from your parents yeah, yeah. yeah whereas then now you got to a situation of I don't care, you gotta love yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you love yourself, it doesn't matter who resonates love from anywhere else. Yeah. So that's step one. So you gotta love yourself and take care of yourself. Mm. Two, things change. You know, when I was a kid, I was rebellious, didn't care. I had a safety net of my parents. Yeah. But once you have a child, and when I had a Layla in my hands, you know, 2006, it was like, wow. It was like the power and the energy of her in my hands was like, I'm a father, it's time to step up. And I then obviously did some magical things because it was all about a purpose. It's not about me and my wife, it's all mm. about her. And I want to be, how do you become a great father? You got to behave like a great father. You know, be a great, I was a teacher then, so be a great mm. teacher mm. Um, to inspire other people. So you just be yourself. It's not, you don't do it for the, my 
I didn't become great for my daughter. I became great for myself. Right. Because mm. you knew, right. in order for you to lead the ship, you have to be the strong captain. Very good. But you've also got a purpose. Yeah. Because mm. I think most people focus on leading a ship while it's there themselves and neglected. Right. You know, like it's, it's such an important thing. If you're gonna be the the leader of the team, the quarterback, whatever, the captain to carry the whole team football, mm. you have to be training twice as hard. Yeah, you got because people on. gotta see yeah. your energy people gotta see your vision people gotta see wh- wh- where you're taking the team but and also it's the key of training others yeah mm. well a lot of, for me or a lot of selfish parents is they want their kids to be great for me i want everyone's kids to be great yeah right you know if my daughter's best friend's not great that's an issue with me that's yeah. a big issue yeah. you know because you're, you're fine with that yeah that, that means your parents saying ah that's such his life you basically you're telling your your your, your, your child subconsciously it's okay not to help someone else as long as you get to greatness <laughs> yeah you don't create the idea of success around her as well do you know what i mean if that's her best friend yeah you don't want her to be with best friends with someone who's not got similar mindset mm. or similar drive that's yeah. right that's right so, so i guess in wrapping all this up this oh, can i just drop one last thing what's oh. been a massive concern talk is to me chair <laughs> about change we talk about change yeah, yeah. it's a question of you got to put your ego to side yeah and for me i'm, a, I'm having a big conflict in yeah when i when i consult people regarding the ego yeah so for for growth for me is put your ego to side but how how do people so get so attached to their ego because ego materializes ego for them has helped them achieve everything they have think about it their self-importance everything they have done because of the ego right and like, look at this house yeah. I feel powerful coming out of this house, getting to my X5. It's a self-importance thing. I'm measuring yeah. against something against else. something, and and because co- they are measuring against something that is physical, but it's fecal, and it's it's not really amazing. But then they're measuring themselves against that. So <clears throat> say compensation. Yeah. So so because <laughs> of that, it's so hard for people to put the ego aside because that's their measuring stick in life. That's just me. Thank you for that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now, the ego. Is it necessary to have an ego or not? Define an ego, actually, because this is a this is a madness right now. Go on. I just thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you have an ego, it kind of you have a bit of fight in you, I guess. It's not all negative, in it. But if you have an ego that steps on toes and yeah, you gotta keep it in check, and it's like a chimp, in it, like you're in a chimp. Lay it out. You do need an ego because that drives you forward. But then it's a question of what yeah. a chimp can do. Can you manage him? So for me, it's mm. like if you read Steve Peters' Paradox Chimp, he says mm. he can manage your ego. It's about managing him. Mm. It's not yeah. controlling him. You control him, you can't control him because mm. he'll fight back. Mm. So it's almost like good and evil. Mm. You know, on your side, do it, do it. You know, it's easy. Mm. And then the other guys, don't do it, don't do it. So it's a conflict. But you need to manage your ego because sometimes you got to take your ego out because that's what will get you to places. Yeah. Mm. And then sometimes you put your ego in your pocket because you'll be like, it's not worth it in this environment. So starve and feed accordingly. Ooh, I like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> starve that's and feed, I like that. Accordingly. Mm. Mm. But a few people don't even acknowledge that their ego is in, the play, is in, the, is, is in play. Do you get it? You're right, but that's because that becomes a habit. They...